Hello, and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of other people who do as well. We've learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame about their experiences makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. Do you remember Venn diagrams from school? I do. There were a number of circles, often three, in sort of a clover shape with a shaded area in the middle where they overlapped. That is the blueprint for today's episode, which is the second of four we're producing this year in collaboration with the WISE Initiative for Stigma Elimination, an outreach of Rogers Behavioral Health, focusing on the intersectionality of mental health, race, and trauma. This week, we're exploring the impact of family trauma specifically. Our guest is Troni Small, who agreed to share his story, his brother's story, and his family's story in the hopes of raising awareness and encouraging listeners to not only start conversations about mental health and mental health challenges, but to work toward making diagnosis and treatment more accessible and acceptable. Here is Troni giving his voice to depression. When we're talking about how trauma impacts a family as a whole, it it can change the whole makeup of a family, their ability to function or trust systems, um, one another. I think it impacts our, our mental health in so many ways when we are unsure if we belong or where we belong in this world. Troni is one of four boys raised by a mother he describes as the most beautiful, strong, and caring person he knows. You know, growing up, we lived in, um, you know, the inner city of Milwaukee where um, oftentimes we, we bounced around because we couldn't, you know, we, we couldn't afford or, you know, stay in one place too long. Living off of my mom's social security check because that's all we had coming in. She lived with cerebral palsy, so... Just growing up and, and watching how she was, you know, oftentimes like talked down on or, you know, um, not seen as, you know, normal or treated differently. And she did everything in her will, her power to let everybody know that she, you know, deserved to be treated just the same. Troni lists his mother's discrimination as one of the many difficult truths his family witnessed, experienced, and felt deeply, but didn't discuss. Again, we, we never talked about how that impacted my mom, and she never really wanted us to, to know truly how it did, but it hurt us to know that people treated her differently, saw her differently. Troni says that at a young age, he and his brothers experienced the trauma of loss, a lot of loss. I can honestly say that I've been to more funerals in my life than I have been to high school graduations, college graduations, weddings, all combined. I've been to more funerals than all of those together. The one funeral I will never like 
forget funeral of my mother. The loss of my mother is something I'll never forget and how that impacted my brothers and I. Troni was just 14 at the time. His youngest brother, Justin, was only 11. Luckily, though, we had, you know, family who stepped up and took us in. But it wasn't the same. It was never the same after that. The things that it did to some of my, well, to me and my brothers, because we kept, we held on to, I guess you would say, the things that my mom or my family had instilled in us. Like, what happens in the home stays in the home. To me, they kind of created this whole, like, we don't talk about it sort of a thing. Troni says instead of talking about the difficult, confusing, or heartbreaking things they confronted, his family prayed about them. That, to me, is why a lot of the things, the traumas and, that we experienced early on didn't, didn't, get, didn't get addressed uh, differently. Um, I do believe, I am a believer that God will heal, God will save, and God will, you know, um, transform and, and, and all of those things. It's just that I also believe that God puts people and things and, and allows people to, um, how you say, be a, a, uh, a support, a vessel or a yeah, helping hand so, with, so that we don't just lean on our own understanding of, about things that we don't <laughs> really understand, like our mental health. And in our family, mental health was really one of those things that we really did not understand and did not address the, uh, all of the, the trauma that had impacted our mental health. Shortly after their mother's death, Troni wrote a poem titled Me and Mine. And Me and Mine was all about me and my brothers. I would say our names. I was Troni, a.k.a. Knowledge. And then Amos, my other brother, he was a.k.a. Strength. Then Seville was a.k.a. Courage. And Justin was a.k.a. Faith. And you put us all together, and to me, that represent what my mom was, a woman of knowledge, strength, courage, and faith. And she would always ball her fist up. You can't see me doing it now, but whenever I say that, I always ball my fist up because that's what she was to us. She was like a mighty blow. And that's how her death felt to us as well, like a mighty blow. Troni says that mighty blow landed hardest on his youngest brother, Justin, who Troni describes as their mother's shadow. I mean, she cared for us all, loved us all, but, you know, it's different. So that youngest one just tends to cling on a little bit closer, a little bit tighter. He took it hard, very hard. Um, I didn't realize how hard until... I started to learn more about trauma and loss and grieving. We couldn't do what my mom did, you know what I mean? And really care for him in the way that he needed. Because again, we... Because you were children. We were children ourselves, right? And we didn't understand how this all... We knew it changed where we lived. We didn't know how it was going to change the makeup of our, our brains or how it was going to impact us emotionally, but it It did. It did. It hit us all hard and and differently. Justin was diagnosed with and bullied about a learning disability. He just wanted to be not just not to just be accepted, but he wanted to. He didn't want to have to struggle as hard as he was. I mean, he had enough struggles already. At age 16, Justin's struggles intensified, becoming more concerning 
and more difficult to understand. Troni says the family responded according to their understanding at the time. Not saying we took them light, we just didn't know how to address it, so we took them to church. We prayed. We got family to, you know, surround him, and we prayed for him and for his mind, for his heart, for, for everything, for his soul, because we were afraid that we were losing him in that way. I believe that, you know, it helped some. It definitely helped some. Or maybe it didn't. I don't know. Because when I think about it, I feel like he, he recognized that we were concerned for him, and he recognized that he needed to do something to stop us from being so concerned or looking at him differently. And I believe he just started to suppress or mask his illness, which at that time we didn't know it was an illness. Later, Troni reached out to someone he knew at NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I can remember talking to my brother and trying to have those conversations with him about what I had learned about mental health and and what it means to have a mental health condition. And if I didn't have that resource or, you know, that support, I wouldn't have been able to have that conversation with him. His reply, well, there was nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with the world. And I would have to agree. He's right. There was a lot. There's a lot wrong with the world um, when it comes to better understanding how to love, support, someone who is living with a mental health condition, suffering with a mental health condition. The way we treat them is not the same way we treat someone who is living with cancer or heart disease. And that's unfortunate because they need, they need us just as much. Their journey is just as hard. And if they're on that journey alone, which my brother felt he oftentimes, he was. He felt he was on that journey alone. So why would he go and get help, you know, if nobody really cares to understand what he's living with or going through? Why would he talk to anybody about it? Years would pass before Justin, in what could be called a mental health crisis, called authorities. And uh, they recognized that he was uh, delusional and... He was taken to the uh, mental health complex. That's when he was assessed and evaluated for his illness and was diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. It's not that he's crazy. It's not that he's, you know, uh, he has an evil spirit in him. Not, it's not just that, those things. He has a, a chemical imbalance that is causing him to hear voices, see things, uh, spiral into you know a, a, a manic state and without the proper help and support those kind of things just get worse it did just five months after justin's diagnosis Troni and his brothers suffered another mighty blow the illness took over him and he believed the only way to stop his suffering was to end his life justin died by suicide at age 23 Again, it was, it is, it still is one of those things that I feel like we could have done more, we could have done better, you know. Troni now works to help other families know and do more and better. 
And this is these are the kind of things that we see and hear about often in our in, in our black communities. You know that instead of reaching out to someone who may be exhibiting signs or symptoms of a mental health condition, we'll slap a label on them. We will, you know, stay quiet about it. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with him. Be quiet. He all right. Instead of coming together and coming up with a plan on how we can support them, you know, help them on their journey and, and address what they may be experiencing. Better understand, again, equipped ourselves with the tools and information. Trony, the father of five, says since his brother's death, he's been more diligent about understanding and taking care of his own and his family's mental health. He believes the work we do under our own roofs is critical. But families exist in communities, societies, countries, and focus, prioritization, and access are needed at all levels for true and needed change to occur. The reason why we're not seeking help or getting help, um, there are lots of barriers for accessing those services you know, that can help promote healthier outcomes or better outcomes for, for, for people who are situated like my brother was. This is the impact of, of not having these tools and resources in our community. That's what probably frustrates me the most, too, when it comes to, like, when we talk about mental health. That a lot of people will say, yeah, we're having the conversation. We're having the conversation. The conversation is good to have. But what action steps are we putting in place? And if it is such a, I guess, important issue or if the concern is deep enough, why does it take so long to put the resources, the support and, and, and in place? I don't know if I can say this on the air, but I know they say it always um, goes, you know, goes back to the dollar. Um, well, if that's the case, then that's why there's so many people in my community, I feel, who are suffering and continue to suffer because they don't have that kind of resource to just meet their own needs, mental health needs, because the the bill is too high. Trony now works as a family navigator, helping other families get the assessments and treatments that they need. We will link to the Next Step Clinic which is a collaborative program with Marquette University and Mental Health America of Wisconsin, a supporter of giving voice to depression. We'll also link to a video featuring Troni if you'd like to learn more about him or his family. Thank you so much, Troni, for sharing your love for your family with us. And for working so hard to make other families hopefully not experience the trauma and pain that your family has. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.